I am your host, Lucas Garden, and this is Tactas and Tapas. In this week's episode, we recap match day 11 in La Liga, which included the biggest derby in all the world. I don't care what you say, El Clasico, plus six 90-plus-minute goals that changed the results of multiple games this week. But we'll start where everyone came here for. Everyone came for El Clasico last week. Boy, did it live up to the hype. Finishing 2-1 to the away team, Los Blancos, win the first El Clasico to be held at Montjuic in a game that saw some very interesting tactics in the first match uh, between Real Madrid and Barcelona this year. Xavi comes out with an interesting starting 11. None of the injured players that were injured last week are starting. Lewandowski was on the bench along with Rafinha. Pedri still seems to be out as well as Frankie de Jong. The starting 11 for Xavi was definitely questionable. Uh, something we've never seen before. Araujo starting out the, the right back position along with uh, Jao Cancelo starting in the more of uh, the attacking wing play on the, as the white right winger with Ferran Torres, not a traditional striker starting up front. Something we had seen before was Torres uh, starting up front, but I definitely don't think it's his best role, and I think you can see by this match he had an okay match. Definitely could have got sent off on that challenge uh, on Vinicius right before he got subbed off. Um, I think the refereeing in this match was questionable, um, to say the least. Ferran Torres pretty much rugby tackles Vinicius, who had a very off game, wasn't very productive. Um, but yeah, Torres rugby, rugby tackles him, only get to yellow for it. In most situations, you're looking at a red, a straight red, no questions asked. Um, even the announcers in the English broadcast uh, questioned why there wasn't a red shown there to uh, Ferran Torres. And Xavi also got a lot of criticism coming uh, after the game coming from Barcelona fans, mainly because his substitutions, Lewandowski comes on, isn't really creative enough, doesn't create a lot of chances. He gets one or two good chances outside the, outside the box that never really tested uh, Real Madrid's keeper. Xavi then brings on Romeo in the 72nd minute, right after Jude Bellingham had scored an absolute worldly of a goal. ball was from 30 yards out on a frozen rope into the back of the net. But And then Romeo's unable to really contain Bellingham, uh, keep pressure off the back line. He's kind of at fault for the second uh, or the second goal by Jude Bellingham as he fails to track him back. Uh, he finds himself in between space between Martinez in the back, and then it falls down to the cross falls down to Bellingham, and it's into the back of the net. And Jude's celebrating in the corner in the 90-plus minute and it seems to be our Real Madrid's uh, won the El Clasico. And let us not forget that Barcelona had dominated the first half. Uh, Gundogan scores early, six minutes in. It wasn't necessarily a pretty goal by any means. It just kind of falls to him uh, after Tukameni and Rudiger both kind of touch it back to him. Uh, and then... Alba comes in, misses his sliding tackle. Gundogan puts it in the back of the net. But not to get too caught up on that, this El Clasico will be remembered as the Bellingham show. 
He now has 10 goals in 10 matches in La Liga. He comes into Barcelona. I know it's not the camp now, but and dominates in the second half. Uh, is really the only attacking player that showed up. Vinny, like I said earlier, kind of was distracted, wasn't was was off his best. Rodrigo struggles to continue to find himself in space or create chances going forward. Um, definitely not his best position playing up front. And uh, Real Madrid definitely need to get a striker in that can play up front and they can play more of that 4-3-3 with uh, Jude Moore in a central midfielder role instead of that uh, false nine role that he kind of takes up as the best attacking player that Real Madrid have. And despite his two goals, after the game, Bellingham's uh, interviewed, and he even missed himself. He goes, well, I wasn't on my best today, um, but it's always nice to score, and he's just continuing to learn underneath uh, the tutelage of Cruz and Modric, who both made appearances in this game as well. But Jude with a really humble response to after scoring not only the winner, but both goals for a Real Madrid side in the winner of this El Clasico. On the other side of the coin, Gundogan, who had scored uh, early on, played in his first Clasico for Barcelona, uh, was not really thrilled with how uh, the other, his teammates had responded to going down and losing at home against uh, Real Madrid. After the match, he had this to say to ESPN. I don't want to say something wrong, but I was on the dressing room and of course, people are disappointed, but especially after such a big game and such a result, I wish more for frustration, more anger, you know, and more disappointment. Um, he then goes on to say, there has to be emotion, especially when you lose, when you know you can perform better, you can do better in certain situations, you and you just don't react. We need to make a good step in that, otherwise Real Madrid or even Girona is going to run away. And definitely some harsh words there from uh, Gundogan towards his teammates, and about how Barcelona overall reacted to the loss. And Barcelona, after the match, find themselves down in fourth place after all the weekend's results have come in. Four points down on league leaders Real Madrid and Girona. Is it too early to call the race? Yes, I think so. But I think this is a big step for Real Madrid, especially, to take a firm grasp on the league league so far. One last little bit of piece of news coming out of El Clasico. Tukumeni plays all 90 minutes, but stress fracture in his foot means that he's going to be out six to eight weeks, it seems like. Um, definitely not a position that Real Madrid wanted injured. Camavinga probably steps into that role, but then they're kind of at right back a little bit, or left back anyway, uh, short with do you play Mendy? He started in this game, but Frank Garcia already kind of had his chance as well. Uh, playing the left back role, and I don't think he was up to Ancelotti's standards, but it seems like he's going to get another chance here to play a little bit more left back, especially with Champions League uh, matches coming up for Real Madrid, and they're going to be needing to rotate the squad. Moving on to another end to end action between Athletic Club and Valencia at the San Mames. This game finishes 2 2 after a game that went back and forth. At one point, it seemed like Athletic Club was going to dominate the younger Valencian side. And then Valencia, out of nowhere, puts in two goals. And then Baronier in the 97th minute, scores a header to tie it up for Athletic Club. And Naki Williams in this game 
plays out on his, um, I think his better side anyway, his better position. He's definitely not the best up front at a number nine role, but he plays out on the right for uh, Bill Bow. Creates three great, great chances. Um, all are saved. I really thought he came away at this match looking like he should have got a goal and uh, unfortunately didn't. It was, uh, just couldn't get any past uh, Marmor Dashvili. Hugo Doro, another the other striker for Valencia, leading the team with a goal and assist in this game. Hugo Doro, um, I'm very impressed with how he's played so far this year. He scores uh, his fifth goal of the year. He's in the top 10 in goals in the league. I know it's early on, but still that's great for a young uh, player like Hugo Doro. Um, Valencia and Atletico Bilbao definitely got to be two of the most uh, interesting teams to watch, uh, two of the most exciting teams to watch in La Liga. Uh, Valencia, just how uh, well, or how young they are and how exciting they are to play. I think the oldest player on that team is Gabriel Pelista, who's 32. And then the next young or oldest player is 28. The midfield itself, just very young. Guerreros, 20. Uh, Fran Perez, 21. Pepelu, 25. Uh all three started in this game, and all three had a great match. Guerrero really demanded uh, the midfield, was able to uh, control uh, on sunset for Atletico Val. Uh, wasn't uh, creating very much for him. After this game, the questions arise: Do do Valencia have enough to make it into European spots? They only have one win in their last five matches. This a win or a game that could have been won by them, but unfortunately their defense wasn't able to hold up towards the end. Um, and a ball comes in over the top that uh, Baron Yera gets on the end of and puts in the back of the net. In my opinion, if they're more consistent, they can make it into Europe. Uh, I think the Real Sociedad and athletic clubs um, who are in front of them, as well as Raya Vallecano, I don't think Raya Vallecano uh, are going to be able to keep it up. Real Betis have looked shaky at best. A lot of draws coming from them um, as of late, and I think everything with them, as we'll see later, kind of depends on how well Isco plays, and I don't think he's that consistent of a player. Um, they have what it takes. They have the talent anyway. It's just more of can they get the consistency out of these players. They don't have any European football either, which gives them – a benefit can rest and relax their players, um, unlike the Real Sociedad's and, and Real Betis teams who do have European football year, this year. Speaking of Real Sociedad, they go away to Vallecas and draw 2-2 against Vallecano in a game that saw Bebe come on again for Vallecano, not getting the winner this time, but does get the 91st minute equalizer to give uh, Raya Vallecano uh, a point out of this match and to keep them within touching distance of Real Sociedad. They're still two points behind of fifth place in, uh, with Athletic Club in between them at 18 points, with Vallecano sitting at 17 points. Interesting tactics from uh, Francisco Rodriguez today. Uh, Raul de Thomas gets a start up front. For Viacano, he's yet to have a goal so far this season. We're 11 matches in. He just doesn't look like his former self, the, his Espanol self, since coming to Vallecas. He's only scored four goals in his 29 appearances. And 
that's definitely not the ratio of goals to games do you want from your starting striker. That leaves a question for Rodriguez. He puts on puts all of his attacking players on after Aretha Ball's game leading penalty um, that is converted. Falcao comes on, Jorge De Frutos comes on, and Cameo comes on. You don't really see anything out of any of those players. Bebe also comes on. Bebe clearly not the player that he used to be. A little bit too old. I'd say the same for Falcao. If I'm Francisco Rodriguez, I think I go with Jorge De Frutos up front and Cameo, uh, which whatever one is uh, playing the best. Uh, interesting that he goes all attacking, takes out Pathesis. Uh, in the midfield and kind of just leaves uh, Kike Perez there with a um, to be the midfield him all by himself as he goes all out attacking to get the equalizer and eventually does get it way late as uh, Bebe scores from outside the box he gets it onto his uh, right foot cuts in outside the box and he knew the entire time that he was gonna just absolutely rip it to the back of net and Still goes in. In defense for Viacano in this game, Espino just gets, I want to say torched by Kubo, but he definitely didn't look good. He's at fault for both goals. Uh, The first one being a cross that comes in from Kubo. Orisa balls in between Moonman and Espino and this open and wide open space, gets, brings the ball down, puts it in the back of the net. Another cross that comes in, Espino's hands out, out of a natural uh, body position. It hits his hand, Aretha Ball comes up, slots home the penalty. Real Sociere that, that are up 2-1. And I thought from this point that they were going to be able to dominate possession. They were able to. Um, they looked good. I thought they were going home with the win. Like I said, Bebe comes on in the 85th minute for Aldo Thomas. First touch of the ball, it seems like. Cuts it in on his right foot. Puts it in the back of the net. And it's tied up 2-2. And uh, another late goal changing the tide uh, in this one as well. Moving on, Rio Betis versus Asasuna. Another Isco game. Turns it on. Gets a goal and assist. He's now tied with William Jose with four goals plus assists on the season and leads Real Betis along with William Jose going forward at the attacking end of the uh, end for Real Betis. In this game, you saw Diaw go down in the box after Diaw had gotten around Garcia. Garcia doesn't even touch him. Diaw goes straight down. Uh, it's called a penalty. Garcia is sent off. It's reviewed by the ref. And VAR, no penalty. Diaw gets a yellow for faking it, essentially. Penalty called off. Uh, Garcia back on the pitch. Uh, no yellow card, which would have been his second. That's why he was sent off. And then shortly after that, Ruben Garcia gets on the end of a a long ball that kind of just finds uh, Rio Betis sleeping at the back. One touch, brings it down, passes it into the back of the net. It's all uh, tied up in the 85th minute, and... Asasuna thinks they're going to get out of Sevilla with with a draw. Then Isco pops up onto a, a ball that was crossed in, deflected off the first defender. Isco falls onto the end of it, puts it in the back of the net, and he scores again in the late 
94th minute for Real Betis to send them through. And then after this game, it is, well, before this game, but not before he was able to get registered. Uh, Socrates, who was a free agent, last played for Olympicos in Greece, signs as a free agent for Rio Betis. And something that they definitely needed to improve on was their defense. Uh, out of the top 10 teams, they have the worst defense, tied with Rai Vallecano, but Rai Vallecano still uh, gave up seven goals at Atletico Madrid. So I would say Rio Betis, uh, if they want to continue to challenge for uh, European spots this year, needed a new defender. Socrates hopefully comes in, does a job for them. Their last free agent signing didn't hasn't done too bad. Isco was a free agent signing um, for Rio Betis this summer and so far has been by far the uh, best signing for Rio Betis and one that they're definitely not regretting at this moment. As will that continue as I believe that Isco is a, as we saw with his time in Real Madrid, he's a wavy player. He's either the best player on the pitch at the time, or you just don't want to, you want to see him subbed off at halftime. Um, one of those two things is, how I see Isco. Um, I think it's a good spot for where he is now, though, at Rio Betis, kind of being the best player on the pitch most times and definitely the most talented, if he's willing to access that talent, is a different thing, All of course. And now for some quick hits around the league. Girona score in the 90th-plus minute on Friday night. So it seems like almost a decade passed um, now since that game has happened. But scores in the 90th minute for uh, to take the win home and stay on pace with Real Madrid. Atletico Madrid dominate Alaves at home with Morata scoring and getting an assist. Uh, he has six goals total, which puts him right there at the top of the goal-scoring leaders for La Liga. Villarreal at Granada, 3-2 in a game that saw... Sorloff come off at halftime despite being one of the more prominent attacking players. But Pacheta does get his first win since uh, September with Villarreal. Getafe draw fifth in a row uh, versus Mallorca 0-0. And Cadiz loses two-goal lead at home versus Sevilla to draw 2-2. Almeria... Still without a win. They score first at home versus Las Palmas. Las Palmas scores two more goals uh, to win 2-1. Almeida still sits at the bottom of the table uh, along with Granada and Celta Vigo. At the top of the table, you have your El Clasico winners, Real Madrid, with 28 points tied with the new... Catalonian Giants in Girona. No, I'm joking. Uh, and then Atletico Madrid right behind them with 25 points, but a game in hand that still has yet to be made up. They play Friday night versus Las Palmas, a game that they easily should be able to easily win. And now for your favorite segment on the Tactics and Tapas podcast. The betting segment. Our big, th- our 
picks last week. I'm going to say one, two for three, but we could say a, I kind of made it up. Uh, if you bet the parlay, unfortunately, Via or, or, or Valencia and Athletic did not stay under two and a half goals. It actually finished with a total of four. So our parlay didn't hit, but I did predict that Jude Bellingham would score at plus 215. And I did say that Girona was going to beat Celta Vigo, as well as Real Madrid winning away out of or away at Mount Juic versus Barcelona in the El Clasico. I said 3-1, ended up being 2-1, so kind of close. I got to give myself props there. Um, but 3 or 4, not bad. For this week, I got minus 108 that Real Madrid and Rio hit the under at three goals. I got Athletic Club plus 140 money line versus Villarreal, and that's at the La Ceramica. And then my last and most surprising take maybe for you is Real Sociedad gets points from Barca plus 255. I think it's a draw. Um, Barca just came off of a loss Still very injured. I think uh, Real Sociedad has the attacking prowess uh, going forward to score against uh, Barcelona. Haven't seen a goal for a while from Cuba, but he has a sister. Or at least been one of the more attacking best players for uh, Real Sociedad. If you tie all those together, uh, parlay all those together, it's plus one... Buy four and one. That's one thousand five hundred forty one. You put a hundred dollars on that. You're gonna win one thousand five hundred forty one dollars. Take that straight to the bank and send. Tell them that tactics and tapas sent you. Thank you for tuning in. If you guys haven't known, I did start a page on Twitter. I still call it Twitter uh, on X. Go give me a follow there. Be great. Share it with your friends. Thank you for tuning in, guys. Until next week, see ya.